back together again on a different podcast. We are on the Florida Man and Friends podcast, and I'm the Friends. Uh, Woody Walmack, joined by the host of this show, an expert, Rob Cassidy. Rob, you <laughs> You're just much better at bringing us in, and it's familiar to me, right? We, we hosted a podcast together for years. You always brought us in. You're better at it. Why mess with what works? It's good to be back in the saddle. Nice to see your smiling face. What do you oh, want, yeah, it's, it's great to be back, and especially to have someone as knowledgeable as me to talk about college basketball. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> no great. college basketball expert, Woody Womack. Well, you know, just a little behind the scenes is I've been trying to get everyone to do podcasts, and it turns out that unless I make everyone do podcasts by hosting said podcasts, uh, they're not going to get done. So here we well, are. We had a good run over here at Florida Man and Friends in the early season when the coaches were coming on, but they're so boring. Like sitting head coaches, I should make a rule that they're just not allowed on the show because you get them in here and it's like you try to talk to them about something normal. And the next thing you know, it's about a winning culture and a family atmosphere. And you know, times out of 10, nobody wants to listen to that, man. So I'd rather have you on here and we can talk about gambling losses or whatever. Well, we'll talk about all types of stuff and we'll see. Still, this is going to be a basketball focused show. I'm going to be bouncing around. I might even run this on the other feed. It just depends uh, what, what we're doing. But anyway, let's get into it. Uh, just last, we're recording this on Tuesday. Last night, what a snooze fest of a national championship game. Game was over almost immediately, right? I mean, how? It was like yeah, it seven was nothing, nine to nothing. Jalen Suggs. All right, Jalen Suggs gets two fouls, and Mark Few decides I'm going to sit him out for the rest of time because. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about the result first. Did it surprise you? I mean, you know, people thought no, Gonzaga was going to roll. I bet Baylor. I think the points, but I bet Baylor. I I think I thought that they would lose deep down. I even I think I wrote in our roundtable column that I thought Baylor was going to win, but that was just a lie. I, you know, deep down, I really thought they would, they would keep it close, but ultimately lose, you know, the refs did play a role. I, you know, I don't, the thing that bothers me is this like narrative now where it's like, Oh, Gonzaga was overrated the whole year. And I'm not totally sure that's true. It's, it's difficult to go, you know, I don't care what you play in the, in, in the non-conference, right. It's difficult to play a WCC schedule where you're tested maybe once the entire year while Baylor's playing Kansas and Oklahoma state and these teams every week and getting used to the grind to then all of a sudden have to enter the NCAA tournament and play that grind the schedule. Gonzaga looked tired. They looked, I mean, they did, they, they didn't look like the same team they looked like on the first weekend I, I, at all. Yeah. I know. I enjoyed the, uh, when Houston got blown out, it was, uh, they just didn't want to be in the bubble anymore. They, <laughs> look tired yeah. it was like it was like a bowl game uh they just yeah they was gonna say to draw a football parallel it's, you know the sec didn't want to be there yeah. you know just, yeah. they, they got tired of the sandwiches in the hotel they were tired of playing in the final four they wanted to go home even though the game would take the same amount of time either way i don't that was so i did see this morning though on first take uh when oh I was, god yeah, i was <laughs> on the <laughs> I was on the treadmill, you know, so I, I usually go to the gym from nine to 10. And mm -hmm. I know when first take comes on one of the TVs that, oh, it's time to go. And they opened with was uh, Gonzaga overrated <laughs> all year long. It, hold on. First take's got Stephen A. And who's the other? Is it Skip? Who's the other? No, it's uh, Max Kellerman. Yeah, I like him. shame he's gotten uh, reduced to hosting a screaming show. Well, and they had um, 
who was it? Buzz Williams, the old the the Virginia Tech coach, the bald dude. Seth Greenberg. Oh, Greenberg. My bad. Yeah, he was on. No, there. God bless Seth Greenberg. You know, once upon a time, I was locked out of that arena because they didn't believe that I was the person that my past said I was the credential. Classic. And they wouldn't let me. It was like a high school football game. And I texted the coach of the team I was covering, who in turn texted Seth Greenberg, who came up personally before the game and screamed at the security guard to let me in. Oh, so wow. he's on the Rob Cassidy good list. What a hero. So, so I just think, look, Baylor was, Baylor was better. I mean, you know, it, I, I think it helps that uh, Gonzaga had to play that overtime game. And that was like so emotionally draining. And then you have to, you win, he's jumping on a table and you're turning around less than 48 hours and playing. Um, I did not expect Baylor to win. And I mean, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not an expert. I when I actually got excited when Baylor jumped out to an early lead. And then I bet the money line on uh, Gonzaga because it was like plus 270. A lot of people did that. I know right. some people that have too. No, but no, by halftime, like I think it was like 11 to one or something. And I was like, oh, I'm jumping on this. And then it was 16 to four. And I was like, I'm starting to get a little more nervous. And then the game was, the game was over. I mean, it was never really in doubt. I mean, and I really didn't, I kind of tuned out. I didn't really watch that much. Um, but, you know, the story today in our Baylor site, uh, Sikkim Sports had a story on, uh, you know, this was, it's crazy to think that like, you know, they had one of the craziest scandals yeah, in ever. sports history, not college sports. I mean, for those who don't know or remember, I mean, the short version is one of their players got murdered and then the coach had the other players on the team lie and say he was a drug dealer. Yeah. Boy, Dave Bliss, a real, you know, a real stand-up human being that one was. I mean, just an insane story. And then Scott Drew, who, who uh, by the way, never played college basketball. I don't even think he played varsity basketball in high school. Which wow, is can insane. you imagine? Which so is insane. like playing and coaching are different skills. Right. It's insane because his brother played in the NBA. Imagine your brother's in the NBA, your dad's a basketball coach, and you could even make like varsity. Well, yeah, well, let's talk about Scott Drew for a second because it's, as my chair slips down and I become three inches shorter, um, he's an interesting case because back when I was on the K-State beat and covering the Big 12 a ton, the prevailing thought among coaches in the Big 12, not fans, coaches, was that this guy can't coach, everybody hates him. Like, they all hated him. Uh, Frank Martin used to always tell me he had to be the go-between between the league of coaches that hated Scott Drew and Scott Drew. They would like, you'd always get like whiffs of like people accusing him of cheating through back channels. And like, he wasn't a very popular guy his first like five years at Baylor. Uh, the narrative has changed, obviously. And it's nice to see because he's always been so good, like to me and to everybody else. He's like famously great to the media. Went over to media, thanked everybody covering the game as if they had a choice last night after it was over. Uh, just a good guy. It's nice to, you know, it's nice to see a dude that you can like, uh, you can root for win a title. Yeah. And, and, and they sort of did things in an interesting way. I mean, he, he they recruited some guys that were, you know, we're not talking like total unknowns, but I mean, these were not blue chip prospects. I'm talking three, four years ago and they sort of yeah, built no McDonald's all American on the roster. Right. And so they sort of built momentum that way where it was like, okay, look, he's developing guys and putting guys in the NBA that aren't, you know, the traditional guys that you would think. And then that just sort of built on itself. You had a few transfers come in and they win. So I don't know. I mean, it was a nice story. People like, you know, 
like you said, Scott Drew's a nice guy. He didn't, he wasn't involved in any of that scandal and he could have jumped ship, honestly, any of the last few years and he sticks it out and they, and they win. So way to go Baylor. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, like I said, I, he's an easy guy to root for people want to debate whether or not it's the greatest turnaround in it's college sports history. And it might be, uh, you know, I, don't, I can't think of another one to compare mm-hmm. to it outside of like Kansas state football, maybe, but you know, those are the two. Yeah. Or, or Leicester city and your uh, no, college sports Premier league. I mean, yeah. I mean, Leicester city is nuts. I mean, that's just next level nuts. Um, all right. So let's do a, a, a few quick takeaways on the, on the tournament. Uh, I guess really one big one, the PAC 12, I mean, sort of shocked everybody. I mean, and it's pretty clear that it wasn't a fluke. I mean, UCLA had to play in the play-in game. So UCLA was essentially the, one of the last teams in the tournament and they ended up in the final four and they were a shot away from being in the championship game. You had Oregon and USC, you know, had to play each other to knock one of them had to knock the other one out. Um, so, I mean, why do you think, and this is, you know, the PAC 12 has seemingly been down for, a decade really i mean they've had a few final four appearances but why do you think they're sort of being undervalued and i mean do you think it's a yearly thing that we're just not seeing them enough because i mean the big 10 was oh alleged oh the best conference ever and then you look up and they don't have any teams left but i think it might be like systematic pac-12 like <laughs> i don't know there's like there's a system in place here that holds the pac-12 down they have an awful tv deal they they play their games late at night yes nobody that covers recruiting or really covers college basketball on a national level lives on the west coast nobody that covers college football on a national level lives on the west coast there are a lot of factors that kind of get the big the the pac-12 craft on i think uh and i think those are four of them right like the people that rank recruits me everybody else you football people how many of them live in california or live in Arizona, or get out there more than twice a year to see these kids, right? Like, uh, it just feels like it starts on the ground level, and it kind of snowballs, right? Because, you know, you don't have – the games are on late. Like I said, the the TV deal sucks. Nobody ranking recruits sees these regional kids as often as we see the kids in New York or in Florida or anywhere else. And it just seems to all kind of compound. And then once every three years, we have this conversation like, oh, the Pac-12 was over Mm -hmm. underrated. And it's like, well, yeah, it's kind of always the case. I just think it's crazy that if you, I mean, I think the seeding as a whole, that was another fun storyline I enjoyed of the tournament was that if your team lost, if a team got upset early, it was because the other team was improperly seeded and it was an even match. (laughs) Any upset, that was the (laughs) Illinois. Oh man, the the committee did a terrible job. They should have never had to play this game. people in Loyola Chicago and the underseating and that, that oh, was the, big... the committee did a terrible job and it's like well the two number ones the best the top two seeds played each other in a final so I'd say they did a decent yeah. job but I do think you know I do think the Pac-12 was underrated and I mean Oregon was the regular season champ but they had missed some games because of COVID so I mean when you had you think there's something to my theory here to where it's 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 systematic totally and it's across football too now football hasn't had a dominant team but I mean they got to get Larry Scott out of there he's I think he's on his way out yeah they, they did get him up out of there right and like you said they have to fix it because 
you know, Bill Walton is a fine ambassador, <laughs> constantly talking about the Pac-12, but nevertheless, oh, USC and Oregon are playing. What time does it start? I don't know, 1045 Eastern? Like, yeah, it's on the Pac-12 network that you can only watch on direct TV or some right. Fubo. It's stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. totally stupid. So, um, all right, let's get to some of these coaching moves. We've got a lot of them. Uh, let's start with Indiana. They hire Mike Woodson, really, of, I mean, came out of nowhere, didn't it? I mean, this was... I mean, Indiana's fans seem to be excited now. And then, you know, he's a Bobby Knight guy. But, I mean, Mike Woodson, you're like, an, he's like a below-average NBA coach. And then all of a sudden he pops Knicks up. Fans, Knicks fans will remember Mike Woodson. Right. Yeah, it's really surprising. I mean, it, he seems to be – I saw they hired a coach away from uh, Michigan State. He's He's got a couple guys – I think he's talked a couple guys into staying. Do you think it's a good hire? I don't <laughs> – I've decided that I'm done casting judgment on hires because who really knows? But oh, because that's we need the sound bite for three years from now where you say it's a good hire and then I make fun of you. Well, look, you, I went one and one on our old football podcast, with Tom Herman. Telling, I thought that was insane to begin with, and then who was the one that I completely bombed on? Uh, Willie Taggart was a good Taggart, one. That's yeah. right. I, look, I think they're two different skill sets. We talked earlier, playing basketball and coaching basketball are two different things. Scott Drew. I think coaching in the NBA and coaching in college basketball are two different things. The question is, does Mike Woodson want to recruit? Like it's, it's not for everybody, right? Like covering recruiting is not for everybody. I mean, there's a certain amount of swallow your pride and do stuff you don't want to do. It's not the most, <laughs> it's, it's not the most rewarding work in the world, but you know, it's necessary. And, you know, I think that Indiana still has some built-in advantages, is Mike Woodson the guy that's going to pound the concrete and really exploit those advantages? I don't know. I don't know much about the guy, but I think that's the question, right? Is does he want to recruit? Does he want to play the game of recruiting and can he do it? Does he have the right connections to do it? I mean, this is a guy that's never been a college basketball coach before. Uh, and you and I both know it's, it's a lot easier to say I want to recruit, but you got to know the right people to talk to. I don't think anybody's under the illusion that you just call up the high school coach and say, Hey, you know, we really like your player. And he, he shows up on campus. That's not how this works. Uh, you got to kind of know the ropes. You kind of got to know the right people to talk to. And it's very rarely the dude at the high school. Uh, you know, he's going to have to have somebody to kind of show him those, those ropes and show him those connections uh, if he's going to be successful. You know, I'm throwing in, I'm saying he is going to be successful because guess what? The, <laughs> the product in college basketball is lacking. I mean, when, he, when yeah, I was yeah. watching, I forget it was Arkansas. It might've been Arkansas Oral Roberts. And it was like the, you know, there was like seven minutes left and it was like, Arkansas is one for seven from three. I'm like, how, and Oral Roberts was something, you know, like seven for 16 or something. And I'm like, how have they only made one three? They know that three points are worth more than two, right? Do we know that? <laughs> you guys know? I think t-shirts that say that. Right. So the NBA has figured that out. And I think, I think Mike is going to have a little bit of a, uh, what did they say when, when Charlie Weiss got the job at uh, Notre Dame? Oh, decided, decided, decided. I'm, I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to say I, Mike Woodson is not a horrible NBA coach. He just wasn't a good, a great or good NBA coach. He was average. I mean, he, he, he's yeah, but it's a really bad situation. I don't think you should ever be able to judge somebody for what they did under James Dolan right. <laughs> in any situation. Right. So he gets a pass for that from me. Okay. Next job. We had Shaka Smart to Marquette. Now, the question here is, would he have gotten fired if he didn't take that job? I mean, it, the writing was on the wall that if it wasn't this year, it may have been. I mean, they didn't have a bad season. 
Like right. they had a pretty good year. They they had an unceremonious exit in in well, the tournament. That was bad seeding, they, though. That was bad seeding. Yeah, I, I was, well, victim of horrible seed should have been fired. You know, he left from I don't know. He saw the. I mean, it was one of those moves. Like you know, I got to get out of here before they get me up out of here. Whether that have happened this offseason or next offseason, uh, it was a smart move. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think it's good too. I mean, he was a good coach before he got to Texas. Texas sort of took a, it was surprising when they hired him. And like you said, he, he was up and down. They had a pretty good team this year. They they got dumped out quickly out of the tournament, which I don't think a lot of people expected. But I think Marquette is more like in his wheelhouse. I expect him to probably do a really good job of recruiting there. Um, and I, he's I, a personable I, guy too. Like he's a likable dude. Right. I think he's a good coach. So I do think, like you said, if I had to put money on it, I don't think it would have been this year, but it might have been it might have been like a lame duck season next season. It's like, yo, let me jump and, and get uh, four or five years guaranteed at my new place. And it's better for everybody. Texas doesn't want him in place. And there's nothing worse for a program than a lame duck coach. If you know you're going to fire him, you got to fire him. Because if you have a dude that's helpless to recruit, it just sets you back another year. It's just the uncertainty kills you firing a coach doesn't really kill you it's the uncertainty period where nobody wants to go there like play helton had in football nobody wants to go there because they think you're gonna fire him right so you might as well just do it exactly so we move on to the school that did the the uh did not do the firing they did the uh mutual breakup there texas they hired chris beard and boy this one this one hurt. This one hurt the Texas Tech. Poor Texas Tech, man. I mean, <laughs> the evil empire gets you, man. So when I was doing the rundown, I Googled this. Uh, I Googled Chris Beard. And uh, one of the things that came up was Chris Beard could have had a statue in Lubbock, but he chose to go to Texas instead. And I was like, man, that sums it up. I personally, I think it's a home run. I mean, he was able to win at Texas Tech. Uh, we assume he's going to be able to win at Texas, right? Yeah, I would think so. Well, fun fact here, when I took this job here at Rivals.com, uh, my other option was going to work for the the paper in Lubbock, the newspaper. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I could have had a statue in Lubbock too, but instead I ended up here with you. Could you imagine you living in Lubbock? I don't think you would like it. Look, I visited a couple times. I went down there. You know, I've covered Texas Tech basketball when I was covering K-State. I went down there for the interview. The Lubbock is not as bad as you think like if, if we're ranking big 12 towns lubbock is above stillwater lubbock is above ames lubbock is on par with manhattan it, it's a bigger town than you think and there's good food uh, you know i i don't think i could live there for very long that's fine it's like, done a year or two yeah it's more of like an outpost all right so actually richard justice wrote this column so big shout to him i didn't know he was still writing i thought he was just like a baseball talking head person and he says, living in a near perfect situation at Texas or leaving in a, a near perfect situation at Texas Tech is an enormous risk for the once beloved coach. But Beard might just might be good enough to succeed where other Longhorns coaches fell short. How about him having a coach in Lubbock every year? That's going to be a fun. Oh, my God. When the fans are back, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be some uh, some epic signs and chants and all types of stuff. I think it's a good fit um so so i'm with you i think he could win there I, honestly with the way players transfer he can win like a meet he can win right away i mean they could have a whole new team next year and and it's a great fit he knows the ropes in texas he knows the right people to talk to he's had great success with a 
what you would assume is going to be a much shallower talent pool in Lubbock than he can he has access to in Austin. He's got a big budget. If this doesn't work, I, I don't know what the reason is. I mean, it, it may not work. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think what the big red flag is and I can't find one. Right. There isn't one. So uh, real quick, Texas tech then of course has to hire a coach and they replace he promoted. Him. Yeah. Yeah. With Mark Adams, which I guess you, you you sort of like the continuity there. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, I didn't, of course I didn't know who beard was before he got that job. So, I mean, I guess that's the, the fit they want. Yeah. I mean, who else are you going to go out and get if you're them? It wasn't exactly a great market to be in when you got Texas taking your coach for a second, you thought you had North Carolina out there looking for coaches, Marquette's out there. Um, you know, Oklahoma had to hire it, it. It wasn't, it wasn't like Texas tech was going to go out there headhunting. And I, I, I think this was a safe hire and maybe the good one. Well, and it's not like he's never coached before. I mean, he's kind of coached at a, at a smaller level. Uh, he's at a bunch of different stops and he has a good record. And I mean, he's been, like you said, he's been there. I mean, he, he had one season uh, where he went to little rock to be an assistant coach, but I mean, he's been, He's been the guy. He was director of basketball operations back in 2013. So, you know, it's <laughs> it stinks though. If you're Texas Tech, I mean, it's one of it's one of those things where you're like, man, we that's lose, tough, man. Right, we lose the guy, and uh, and, and we, we lose him to Texas, and now we have right. to and then you have players leaving too immediately. That's the other thing now. Players gone. Um, I mean, they were gonna. I mean, it's 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 madness i mean it doesn't matter if the coach can i mean people are just gone no matter what every team is new every year now yeah we can talk about that uh after our last coach hubert davis uh speaking of your beloved new york knicks gets hired to replace rory williams they've been grooming him for the job and i think people in the know knew right away that this was going to be the coach i mean even our own dan mcdonald wrote that he you know when roy retires uh hubert will be a candidate he wrote that last year around this time what do you think? I mean, we talk about inexperience, but he's been waiting, learning from Roy, waiting for us. This is, this is the, again, don't know if it's going to work. Maybe he'll flame out and lose every game and they'll run him out of North Carolina, but this is the hire I would have made. It's think about like the way that college basketball looks right now. And you mentioned it. If you're North Carolina, really the hire that you're making is don't screw this up. Right. We have a good thing going. We had a bad year, a mediocre year, but for the most part, the place recruits itself. Uh, you know the culture. You've been here nine years under Roy Williams. We don't want to rock the boat. You keep the guys on the roster, which is the most important thing. They lose Walker Kessler. They're going to lose him anyway. You've got to right now, if you're North Carolina, keep the guys. That has to be point, bullet point number one, keep the roster. Don't let everybody go to the transfer portal. And they did that by hiring by hiring Hubie. Uh, also, it keeps some continuity in recruiting, right? Like they have targets. They have two commitments in 2021 and they have – top 20 targets in 2022 that they're working on this keeps that that continuity too i think it's the safe hire i think it's the smart hire because right now college basketball is chaos man it's it's millions of people in the transfer portal there wiretap investigations you know it's nuts coaches are getting fired the coaching carousel is spinning so what you want is stability and this is the most stable hire you can make if you're North Carolina. And it's a very, you know, you know, don't rock the boat too much. And, and they did that. I think this should end up, should be the key word, end up going pretty well. Yeah. And it kind of, it's similar a little bit, a tiny bit. You have a direct line to Dean Smith here, you know, with Hubert Davis. So, um, you know, he, he played for, he played for him and that's, that's the tree that they want to keep building. They've, they've done it now. 
uh, you know, things got a little dicey when they had to go out and get Roy, yeah, but the it, in the Doherty era, right? But it worked, and and you know, he retired. It surprised us all, of course, when he retired. I mean, I was like, why did he do it on April first? Well, how mean, about some people like trying to say that he retired because of the transfer portal? Did you see any of that? Oh yeah, like, oh, Roy Williams got too mad. You know, college basketball has gone crazy. Roy Williams can't even take it anymore. <laughs> Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. My guess would be he probably rich wants- and not work, which is right. the dream for everybody. Guess who else wants to be rich and not work? Me, yeah. you. Play golf every single day. So that's my guess. That'll be what Roy's doing. Speaking of the transfer portal, transfer mania. Oh my God, there's a thousand people in the transfer portal. The world is on fire. <laughs> Basketball will never be the same. What's funny is uh, this is good because like, I don't know, six weeks ago, I, t- I was like, Rob, we got to have a conference call about the basketball <laughs> transfer portal. I was like, I was like, the basketball transfer portal is going to go insane. We have to be ready. We're like, oh yeah, yeah. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. By the time we had it, there were like 600 players <laughs> in the portal. <laughs> so, um, you have to. Hey, well, well, you have to factor in the extra year of eligibility. That's juicing the numbers. The, number one, there's a ton of transfers anyway, but number two, you've got an entire class of seniors that have an extra year now. Some of them- And they're uh, going to pass a one-time transfer rule too. That's happening. That's coming down the pipe. Well, right. That's that's going to pass. And you've got people with extra eligibility. I mean, you had the, uh, uh, his name escapes me, the guy who went from Davidson to Kentucky. They don't have- they don't have graduate school at Davidson. So he had to transfer. Like he was like either best player. And he's like, they're like, have a good one. You can't see, <laughs> see you, bro. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> Cal, I said, what's up? <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like, and obviously that's a special case, but the point is this is here to stay. And I mean, the coaches have to kind of wrap their head around it. The best of the dudes that are going in that like they signed they were originally in the 2021 class they reclassified to get to college in semester this year they play like four games and then they're, in the- <laughs> the right. they're gone yeah uh, i mean this in for me coach well but we saw in the national championship game like transfers matter man baylor had some key pieces that were transfers you it's just how it works you know you say oh it's like free agency guess what i went to three colleges you know <laughs> that's yeah. what happened. when i wanted to go somewhere else i went somewhere else and that's how it's going to work and that's how it should work so no it keeps things interesting it's going to be real interesting when our boy walker kessler from north carolina lands at gonzaga with every we can just pick up where we left off and just keep talking about how awesome gonzaga is we don't have to stop because they lost we're going to be right back in this situation next year where i'm sitting here across from you and we're saying can they go undefeated <laughs> because they might well if if they get kessler and then they get uh our yeah, boy chet that's, and they will i mean I chet's would. as good as done he's not he wasn't going to minnesota before they they fired patino he's definitely not going there now right so it's yeah that that's sealed all right so that's the transfer situation we did have one big commitment on thursday that kind of caught us well i guess a little bit by surprise just the timing charles uh Bediaco, is that how you pronounce it? Hey, very good. Yep, Bediaco. Um, he commits to to Alabama. He's a big man. It, this has kind of been trending for a while. I look at our, our old friend Corey Evans, who who used to work uh, for Rivals and now works for the Oklahoma City Thunder, had put in a future cast like a year and a half ago or something. It was ridiculous. He's, he's Canadian as they come. This dude is a Canadian, and Nate Oates and company love the Canadians, man. I mean, it, they. they 
even back to when he was at Buffalo, they've, they've developed Canadians, recruited Canadians. This was just the next line Canadian, you know, Canadian currents. He plays down IMG. I've seen this dude more than I've seen almost everybody because during the lockdown, I couldn't go anywhere. So I just went to IMG all the time and watched them play. Uh, He's pretty darn good there. I mean, he's, he needs to get a little bit stronger and more explosive, but he's a, a play right away guy. I mean, he's a rim protector. He's huge. Uh, he seems to have a pretty good basketball IQ. I think I like him there. Uh, he's, he's a step in and play right away guy. Like, he's not a one and done. He'll be around. You think you know, he's right on the five-star fringe there. What's the discussion on? on... Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's where he'll stay okay. <laughs> at best. Well, you know, that's what the people want to know. You've seen him a lot. He's, he's right on that fringe. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, Jonas Adu, who is also a center, we'll probably move him up above Charles. And it's, it's not a knock on Charles. Charles is a good player. Charles is probably a three to four year player, uh, which is not a bad thing unless he transfers six times, which keep in mind, <laughs> I mean, you never know. Uh, and this is kind of a sign that, you know, Alabama had a great season. They've made a nice little run. Now they're kind of here to stay on the recruiting trail. I think, I think they, what do you think? I mean, is this, you think they're going to be basically a top, three or four program in the sec every year from here on out as long as oats is there yes uh, yeah it feels them it, it feels a little bit like clemson football to me where it's like at the beginning of clemson football where it's like okay now they're starting to win and they're recruiting and it all starts to kind of snowball uh because if you can do both you know how that goes the success compounds in college sports and especially when you have a place like alabama where they do have the funds if they want to allocate them to basketball to really stand toe to toe with some blue bloods and it, it, and to keep oats because you, know, you know people are going to come knock it it's you know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when uh, if they can retain him they might have something special going there all right so let's move on a uh, little off topic here but Zion Williamson came out with a uh, his first signature shoe I guess is coming out the designs came out have you seen it Rob I have not. Is it a basketball shoe or is it yes, like a, a basketball like a, shoe? Let's go to the reveal here on the old YouTube show. Can you see it? Oh, what do you think? Huh? I would have, I'll tell you what, when I was like 11, I would have been all over that. Well, and, like the 11 year olds are going to love this thing. I, I do not like it. Um, I would not wear it, but I don't wear a lot of basketball shoes. What's weird is it kind of looks like. To me, it just looks like almost like a version of like a Damian Lillard uh, sort of colorway, especially down here, like this uh, design. But it's okay. The colors are weird. I, wouldn't you like to see what it looks like? What do you wear that with? Like besides on the basketball court, like I, I can't see like see myself putting on like joggers or jeans and like or shorts. I, I don't know like what that goes with. Of course, you're talking to a guy that's wearing a cardigan right now. Yeah, so. I don't think you're the. Uh, <laughs> definitely not wearing. I'm definitely not wearing that with I don't this. Think you're the target audience for the shoe, but uh, I would like to see. You know, I do have some basketball shoes around here, which. Uh, I'm trying to find it, but mostly they are, uh, like I said, they're Lillard's or some type of Adidas shoe or whatever, but they look okay. I just don't think they're, you know. Let me just take this moment to, is that always back there? It was like, I'm having Rob on the podcast. I need to put this basketball behind me. No, it's always, always back there. there. It's oh, actually maybe. a popcorn maker. I thought it was a special uh, situation for me. Now I'm heartbroken. See how it's sl- slightly like askew? Yeah. It's a popcorn maker. So the popcorn comes out of the top of it. It pops in the ball. Uh, the top comes off and it's got like a clear thing and it pops in there. And then the top half is a bowl, I think. 
that's pretty interesting yeah <laughs> we're we're getting new sets uh as, as you know from me tirelessly working on that project to, to yeah. uh, redecorate a football helmet if you could to redecorate everyone's home so stay tuned for that um all right so a little little shoe talk before we wrap up rob you were on the road the last couple weekends you went to dallas you went to where fort myers I would yeah, wonderful fort myers on the road did you go to yeah. red robin <laughs> the gulf coast town center <laughs> uh anything what's it what's it like i know you're out there you you are you have been vaccinated uh at least uh yeah johnson, johnson and johnson one jab right you're clear but the gyms are crowded you're traveling again on the plane what was it what was it like for you flying out to dallas and kind of being back on the road well it's a it's great to be back uh i enjoy seeing you know like i said i've seen every player in florida 300 times so it was nice to kind of get out and spread my wings meet some new people see some new players uh flying sucks right now and not because of the mask like whatever i'll wear the mask on the airplane i don't care but because like they're just there's tension right like you can it feels like every plane is about to explode into like a political based fist fight i sit next to this old woman in the airport and she's got the mask and the shield two masks the shield the glasses and she is like actively like looking around scolding people like i can understand if like somebody comes next to you and they're not wearing a mask tell him hey put a mask on but she's like there are like people three rows behind her in the terminal and she's turning around hey excuse me excuse me and like yelling at them put your mask up please at one point she starts yelling at like a four-year-old I'm like the four-year-old doesn't know that the mask is down lady i don't right. but it does it just feels like there's just gonna be a fight at any moment so i've been on several flights now in the past month and uh it depends where the flight crew is from on how they treat how they enforce the rules so on the way i flew to oregon last month which is a long flight from atlanta you're talking you know five plus hours and um the flight crew was like yeah you know you got to wear your masks blah 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 well, no big deal they told us wear your mask you can take them off when you're eating or drinking be sure to put them back on and at at one point i think i would drink something and i got distracted and it wasn't up and the, the she came by and i was like oh hey put your mask up and i was like okay sure no problem and i actually had been wearing two i'd been doing the medical and the cosmetic you mm -hmm. know but about halfway through that flight like you know when you have a fat oh head, they start pulling on your big ears you have a fat head they start pulling on your ears and that combined with my noise canceling over the ear headphones my ears were hurting and i was like this is ridiculous i'm like stretching out the mask and thing. eventually i just dropped the uh, medical one but on the way back with the portland-based flight crew boy you would have thought that these people trained at i don't know <laughs> all grad or something you know I mean? this was like they said that you needed to put your mask on between bites while eating that's actively eating so take a bite put on the mask chew swallow pull the mask down, take yeah, a second no bite i was like this is ridiculous and not only that they were walking they would walk up and down the aisle with signs saying you must wear your mask and i was like you know my atlanta-based crew did not care <laughs> oh, dude. if you're flying from atlanta or miami you can basically bring anything that's not explosive on the airplane right okay. so i thought that was funny also being out in oregon you know and, and rob and i follow all the rules you know we're wearing our masks we're not uh, having big parties and stuff like that so 
but being out in Oregon, it's March 2020 out there. <laughs> like they will not touch your credit card. You can't go inside a place to order. Now, I think they just opened inside dining, but none of the places are actually doing it. Like I didn't see. <laughs> you still, I mean, there's no full stadiums like in Texas. No, no. So it was, it was, it was sort of odd to me. And I, you know, I've been to Florida. Actually, I, I've been Florida. To- you know, in Miami is one thing. Everybody's pretty careful. You know, you wear masks. I wear my mask everywhere. Everybody's pretty courteous. I went to Fort Myers. No, <laughs> buddy. Let me tell you, Kristen and Corey, or before I met up with him, we're, we're walking down the street. Kristen Peake, who covers the NBA draft for us, and Corey Evans, who used to have my job and now works for the Thunder. We're telling me they were walking down the street before I met up with them and they were wearing their masks. And some guy was like, what are you guys robbing a bank? <laughs> yeah. yeah, They don't care. They man. Shame you in Fort Myers. What's weird is it's like Tampa on down. Uh, it's crazy. There was definitely not a lot of mask wearing going on, which, you know, the Florida vibe is a whole different place anyway, but yeah, you get down. That's one way. Like, I think I sent you, didn't I send you a video of, of Naples the other day? Like it was well, because it's all these boomers who have decided they don't care. Like, isn't, isn't Naples the town that, that Cougar town is based on? Well, no, it's like Naples, Fort Myers or Cougar, Naples. you know, Cougar town's in like Sarasota, which is about, you know, where we spent plenty of time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's around that area though. Like, but, it, but it's, it, they just, the boomers just don't care. They're, they're over. It. It's just so funny because we're in the position to where we are traveling now for work. And we both have friends that are all over the country in different situations, different level of vaccinations, different levels of opening. Yeah, it's that Texas Rangers game where every seat is <laughs> somehow filled. The thing is, I didn't. Okay, if it's Game Seven of the World Series, I would like to go to a game like that. Pandemic or not, I'm not trying to be crowded in on opening day of the, the rangers are bad it's right. not like it's a good team <laughs> that was like that was crazy though actually watching the pictures but uh all right so rob real quick did you want to give i was in dallas actually the three weeks ago or something and i i drove by your favorite restaurant uh what was it called grapevine the grapevine the grape it closed oh it was closed i drove by it no it's gone no no you, the grapevine is a dive bar there was a place called the grape you and i ate at let me google it so there's a place called the grapevine bar that's like a dive where like if you if you're looking for like dallas the alcoholic like washouts of dallas that's a good place to find them maybe that's what i drove by i swore it was the place it's in in oak cliff but the place that we went to that i used to love is called the grape and that closed unfortunately may it rest in peace yeah I'm, i'm looking on the map now to see because i swore yeah, yeah, there's a dive bar called the Grapevine that remains open. The Grape Grapevine Bar. Oh, you know what? It was the Grapevine I drove by. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've been into that place once. That place is kind of cool. Like, it's a very, like, eclectic crowd full of, like, if you're looking to get into some kind of weird trouble, like, that's a really good place. Been, we must have gone there because I was like, oh, I've been there with Rob. Yeah, uh, it's possible. But anyway, it was by where, I, you know, I stay at the Hilton Anatole. Big shout to uh, that the place the official they have an AAU tournament if they wanted to they got like four courts no that place is amazing and I will be staying there this weekend so big shout to the Hilton Anatole which by the way I was listening to a podcast the other day with um it's a former NBA player and he was telling a story and he mentioned he's like oh yeah we're staying at the Anatole and in, in Dallas <laughs> got, it's like a Buddhist theme like there's all kinds of like 
Hindu statues. Well, and there's, it's really interesting. And there's also a piece of the Berlin Wall for some yeah. reason. Uh, yeah, there's one of those in Vegas too, in like uh, one of the station casinos downtown. It's in the bathroom, so you can pee on it if you want. Oh no, I don't want to do that. I, interesting situation. <laughs> it was Raja Bell. That's who it was who told the story. Uh, he was playing for the Jazz, I think. But they got a full court basketball court, and now they have a massive water park. Uh, so. I'll be going there. I just didn't know if you wanted to give anybody some type of food wreck or stop in Dallas. Ah, uh, uh, no, not the grape is closed. You know, there's all kinds of good food in Dallas. It's been so long since I've lived there, though. Everything's kind of turned over. So, uh, you know, you know, you know what a cool place is, though. It's a place called Cosmos. It's a weird dive. It's got like a crazy '70s theme in there, but they also serve like really good like uh, Vietnamese food. So it's like a, it's, it's kind of like a, a sketchy dive and you wouldn't think of it, but they've got like dumplings and they've got soup dumplings and they've got pho and it's a really like funky, interesting place that you can, it's also a place where if you're looking to get into some late night trouble, you can also probably get into some late night trouble. Sam and I went to a place called K-pop, which is a ramen place. And I was like, oh, let's check out this K-pop place and uh is it like bts on the screens oh listen so i just thought it was called that because it had some korean food no it is k-pop themed there's posters everywhere and they're playing music and have you had these korean sodas have you ever seen them where you pop the thing in? yeah oh yeah of course Uh, so so sam and i got one of those and we didn't know how to we didn't know how to open it right (laughs) I was like trying to figure it out. Finally, I figured out how to pop it in. Then when, we, when I was in Oregon a week later, I purposely took people to a ramen place that had the uh, so soda. And I was like, watch this, guys. You, you know, have never had one of these? Gee. Oh, gee. Yeah, I know. I was like, God, you guys ever leave Oregon? Unlike me. <laughs> um, so that was great. No, was like, they're pretty good, though. They're And they're fun. My audience included like a four-year-old girl who was amazed at the... <laughs> oh dude you get those around kids forget about it well so for those who don't know the the it almost has like a marble in it or like a glass ball yeah taps it through which then creates the fizz and then it serves as like a regulator for the drink so you don't drink the soda too fast no it's great and it comes out like a little slit in the top right your soda lasts the whole meal instead of you know being a fat american who just guzzles down Big gulps, huh? Yeah, Korea's got it figured out, unlike us fat pigs. Um, all right, uh, quick wrap up. We want to tell everybody remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Rob, this podcast is on Spotify. Can you believe it? Uh, just search for Florida Man and Friends and check it out on YouTube. We are live streaming, or not, I guess we're not live streaming, we're going to be live streaming, Rob. I'm working on that. Um, but we will be putting the show on YouTube where you can watch Rob and I talk. You can Would you like to guess what the number I don't know from Louisiana wants right now? Because I've got a pretty darn good idea. Uh, don't even get me started. Yeah, forget <laughs> it. Uh, oh, and guess what? People should watch Last Chance You, the basketball edition. Rob and I are going to do a podcast about it, probably on this feed. My guess would be now that it, it's about a month past, we'll probably just watch the whole thing, Rob, and then do. Should yeah. we bring on Lackford or what? <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> that's the tradition. Yeah, we need him yeah we'll bring get the old crew back together i'll watch it as soon as i get back from the road this weekend and uh and i'll be and we'll try to do it next week it'll depend on news but go ahead and watch it if you haven't already i'm sure if you watch basketball 
And uh, big shout out to all Rob's friends who who requested they wanted the return of old Wood Dog. And so, <laughs> Boy, it, it was just yeah. We, we better get some reviews. I'm telling you right now, if 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 I'm back, we're doing this. We need reviews. Uh, yeah, review us. Come on, yeah, uh, give me a shout. It's good to the, be back on this feed. Yeah, give us the five stars. I'll put this. I'll put this out there. You know me. I'm a promotion machine. So follow Rob on Twitter at Casty Rob. Follow Rivals Hoops. Uh, our basketball dedicated account on Instagram and on Twitter and follow me at rivals. Woody. All right, Rob, I'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Later, man.